Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. You are listening to Romantic Truth with Josen, your host in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Jocelyn with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. And we're going to talk about toxicity in relationships and narcissism. We are quick to put a label on someone when we may not feel as though we measure up to their standards. And the reason why we marginalize them is to make ourselves feel better. I'll take this person down a few notches and bring myself up. A lot of times this stems from low self-esteem. Let me give you a brief depiction of what I'm talking about. I have this podcast, had it since 2019. And before this, I had all kind of blogs, message boards, you name it. People talking about their relationships and problems. And this individual tells me, and I told her I had a podcast, well, what is it about? That's the first question they ask you. Well, it's about relationships and dating. First thing they say, I don't want you uh, putting me in anything that has to do with that. Did I even suggest that I would even talk about you or anything about you, especially when I don't know you? And even if I got a chance to know you, you don't know me well enough to trust me that I wouldn't do that because the people that are close to me, I don't do that without their permission. They volunteer more often than not. Hell, some of the people that I tell some of the things about that we had gone through, they reminded me of things. Man, tell them about this. You sure it's okay? Yeah, go ahead. And then they go and they make the assumption, oh, well, I bet you you're narcissistic. You got an ego because you got your picture on the podcast. Well, being that we don't have any visual aids on this podcast, such as video, naturally they want to see who they're at least listening to. Yeah, but you got the microphone and everything. What they're trying to do is to marginalize what you do in order to make themselves feel better. As if to say, yeah, you're narcissistic, but it's a backhanded compliment in order to make you feel less than. And this is where you have to go and shore it up like I did with her. I said, since you made such an assessment of me without even knowing me, I couldn't trust your judgment in any other decisions you could make because you just basically go off of what you see and not what you know. Well, I'm just saying. Saying what? Some people are so prone to failure that that's the first thing they go for. Name calling. You don't get your way. Oh, he's toxic. He's narcissistic. Just like the lady said. They learn a new word and they wear it out. Toxicity is the big word now for this decade. Next decade, this will be antiquated. It'll be something else. What we have to realize, folks, is this. 
When someone makes an assessment on you, that's their own personal experience with you. And what a lot of people don't realize, there are some people that you have a strata for, meaning that you treat people differently based on their rung in the ladder, in the ranking of importance to you. That includes sharing information, talking about certain subjects, and we have to do that because that's the way we get along with other people. You can't go and tell somebody off the street, hey, you know what, I'm having marital problems with my wife, what should I do? Literally, you could. But what's the chances of this person giving you something constructively without understanding the circumstances? Even on this show, when you write in, I go by what you've written. And I tell you, hey, the only thing I could do is speculate on what you've written me. Because there are three variables. Your side, their side, and the truth. So it's bias when they write in. That's to be expected. We all have a little presumptive bias when we talk about things. My presumptive bias on this show is to try to help people get into decent relationships and get away from all of the bullshit and the minutia that many of you have to wade through in hip boots. I remember one time in particular, there was this lady that was interested in me and this friend of mine had tried talking to her and she dissed him. And he told me, man, she ain't about nothing. She a hoe, she this, she that. I talked to her, we had a nice conversation, which led to a few dates, a little intimacy on the side. He was telling me I was making a big mistake. And after we went our separate ways, he tried talking to her again, and she said no. Because he thought the bar was lowered because he knew me. This woman had standards. He didn't meet them. But now she went from being a lady to a hoe. He never slept with her. How would he know? He never saw her with a whole bunch of men. Only saw her with me but he labeled her that way. And I told him, I said, she's not a hoe. She's a lady. She's a lady that didn't have any interest in you. Oh, I could do better than her. Had to make himself feel better. Then I had to distance myself from it. Because my perception of him at that time was he was becoming that toxic friend. Again, don't forget, this is subjective. This is only my experience with him. He could get along well with other people. But that's as I proceed. Now, would I say that to anyone else? Mm Mm-mm. I'll let them find out on their own and make their own assessment. And after they've done that, then we can agree. Yep. But, of course, we didn't use the word toxic then. It was just bad. Dude, you don't want to mess around with him. Then other friends of mine started to notice the same experience with him. And so, he was cut out of our circle. 
And this is what happens. You see, folks, when it comes down to labeling someone, you really have to watch it. There are some people that are very litigious, and they want you to go to that point where they have that advantage. So they could teach you a lesson in court. You don't have to go there. That's the reason why rumors, they're speculative. You see, I don't talk about a lot of celebrities on this show. Some of the magazines are questionable at best on on some of the things that they reveal. And I've seen a lot of falsehoods printed about people I know personally that are in various industries. They're totally not true. But the one thing I won't do is to go out and try to get brownie points and try to defend them. They have a legal team to do that. They have publicists to do that. Plus, it's not my beef and not my fight. What you have to remember, folks, is this. People are going to say things out of frustration when they can't get what they want. That's to be expected. And some people go this, that, and a third more than others. I remember one lady used to always call me a player. Oh, you're a player. I see you at all of the mixers. You're just a player. Girl, he's a player. Have I played you? No, I ain't going to let you play me. But what she was trying to do was strike up a conversation in a negative way. And it wasn't going to work. Because even though that woman was beautiful, to me she was ugly because of attitude. Oh, yeah, we judge you on that, ladies. You can put on all the perfume you want to, have your hair done, your nails done, have the nicest clothes on, the nicest car. We still look at your attitude. I tell you about a friend I used to have. He's no longer with his rest and soul. And he would just deal with any kind of woman that came his way. And they were usually very attractive. In many cases, they had no personality. Wouldn't even smile half the time. And what he would do, he would tell me, he said, I just put him in the front seat of my Corvette, lower the top, and the only thing I have to do is turn the music up because I didn't want to hear it even open her mouth. He was a true alpha male. Every woman that tried to get close to him, he burned them. Once he slept with them, and they're thinking that they got a man, <laughs> and he'd let them know sometimes, hey, I see other women. And he'd wait for the fool that was going to challenge him on that. And that's the one he would dog out and use. And oh, she'd fall in the arms of some beta male that's under him or some other guy. And he said he got a thrill out of it. Because he said what he liked was when he was in school, 
The girls used to tease him, make fun of him. He was tall and skinny, didn't have any muscles. So he started working out in the gym, put on some weight. Women were falling, falling all over him. But that was his big payback to women. To get them where they're most vulnerable and leave them there. They want that relationship and they're asking for that commitment after he even got the pussy and he was like, mm-mm, nope. Just like the title of that movie, nope. He wasn't going to do it. Because he felt as though he was worth more than any woman that could come his way. His ego was more important. His lifestyle was more important. And he didn't want to share it with anyone. He used to always tell me that. He said, man, you got one thing in common. We don't deal with having kids with women. I love my money more than I love a woman. And I understood where he was coming from because I had that mindset too at that time. I looked at a woman, in the 90s especially, as an economic threat. Because most of the women that I was dealing with, they wanted to have that baby. And most of them wanted to have, they've already had kids in most cases, and they wanted to have that extra kid. So in order to not get burned out on running through the same old, same old, I made sure I diversified my dating habits. And didn't have to deal with a lot of things that some guys had to deal with. Baby mamas and that kind of thing. Man, why don't you come up to L.A. and hang out? I'm down in O.C. I'm down in San Diego. Not because I was better than them, even though they thought that I was acting bougie and better than them. By the way, folks, I'm not a guy that likes bougie people. I think they're phony and full of shit. But for the most part, when it comes down to it, I wanted a break. I wanted to meet a woman I could have a conversation with. Somebody we could walk on the beach together with. Someone that I didn't have to hear about a damn struggle all the time. Someone who had a conversation outside of hard times, struggle, and money. And it was refreshing. Some of you that are frustrated with the dating scene and the people you're dating now are going out with and you're getting the same old, same old, you need to diversify. Get out of your comfort zone. You'll be surprised. You're not doomed to the people that are around you. You have much more to offer than that if you actually believe it and seek it. The problem with many of us, we're procrastinators. We sit around and expect the change to happen without us having to do anything. We want it to happen automatically. As I told you before, 
It's the basic principle of working. So that you could retire at some point and not do shit and still have money coming in. Nothing's wrong with that. That's a goal, believe it or not. People don't like looking at it that way. And then some people are so conditioned that even when they retire, they feel as though I got to be doing something. No, you got conditioned to do that. The company wanted you to do that. The company doesn't need you anymore. And what does this mean for many people? They don't get a chance to enjoy their lives. Because now they got to have something to feel, feel that void of time, duty, responsibility. A company is only going to be loyal to you so long. And you may need to do the same thing and not just adapt something that you're so routinely accustomed to and neglect yourselves, whether it's with your health or even your family. I've seen people who retired and they, you know, I'm tired of being at home. I need to go out and, the reason why you bought a home is so that you could relax in it. When you're working, you don't have a chance to really enjoy the full benefit of it. A lot of times they don't see that. And many of them, after they get that freedom of retirement, don't go out and do anything for themselves. Maybe start their own business. Or doing something that's more productive for themselves because they're so accustomed to being obsequious and the servitude of others. Now, if that's what floats your boat, that's fine. But it shouldn't be a bound duty. That sometimes we make it. Other things we need to look at, folks. When we talk about someone being labeled toxic, got to ask yourselves, is it because you can't get along with the person, you guys can't communicate, that person's not doing what you want them to do? What is the justification for labeling them as such? Do you have a specific reason or is it just because your emotions are flowing at that time? This is akin to name calling. And I always tell you, take 30 seconds before you respond or talk to anyone when you're angry. So you can process your thoughts and then reevaluate the impact of what you're about to say. A lot of people don't do that. They just go out there and just rattle off. Not understanding that there are consequences. I'll never forget, uh, a lady wrote me back in December of 2019. And her husband, she and her husband got into an argument. And her husband told her that she she should feel fortunate for him to be with her fat, crippled ass. 
cut real deep. And she wrote me telling me how hurt she was and how she could never in the rest of her days forgive him for saying that. She got crippled in a car accident. He was behind the wheel. People, when you're angry, you say things you don't mean. That's the reason why when you're upset, think before you speak. Because you may sever a relationship and you won't be able to repair it. Because see, one thing you have to realize is people don't have to take your shit. You don't have to take other people's shit either. And just because you have kids, assets together, and all the rest of this, you got to remember one thing. The minute you tell yourself you need to get out of that relationship and you stay in it, you deserve everything you get in it. Oh, people don't like hearing that, but it's the truth. Because you have an opportunity to opt out. And sometimes people don't do it until it's too late. And that's a bad move. I can't tell you about how many abused women I had dated who had toxic, bad relationships. I mean, where husband put hands on her. One lady I went out with, she would always wear shades. Now, she looked sexy and good-looking in them, let me tell you. That's when Ray-Bans were real popular back in the 80s. But it was only one problem. He had messed her eye up, the socket. And it was like a lazy eye. That was, she called it, her souvenir for being married to him. I didn't think it was a souvenir. I said, before that happened, did he hit you before? She said, yes. And I asked her, I said, why didn't you leave? And she sighed and looked out the window. She said, everybody asked me that dumbass question. I could tell I had ruffled some feathers. So I laid off. And she said, I had nowhere to go. And boy, she started naming off the things she wouldn't do. Well, I'm not selling my pussy. I'm not going to a shelter. I wasn't going to go to my parents' house. I wasn't going to. And I said, okay, you said all the things you couldn't and wouldn't do. What is one thing that you could have done for yourself and your kids? And she just looked at me and said, you really asked me that question? I said, yes. Take me home. So she ended the date. I took her home. Now, after she had gotten home and had time to think about it, she called me up furious. You had no right to go and put me in that kind of predicament to ask me that kind of question. I said, it wasn't about a right. I just asked you a simple question. Well, you owe me an apology to offend you because you offended me. 
I said, I have a question for you. Did he apologize for hitting you and disfiguring you? She said, I can't believe. I said, here's the thing. I accept the fact that you're a victim of domestic violence. I said, I accept that. I understand and empathize with you. And at that time, I told her, you're one among many that I've dated that have had gone through this unfortunate situation. I said, but here's the thing. I don't think you have dealt with some of the anger and some of the issues you still hold within you. You're not a psychologist, blah, blah, blah. I said, yeah, you're right. Because I wouldn't want to be dealing with everybody's damn problem. I have problems of my own I have to contend with. Last thing I need is to do it for a living. I'd never get any sleep. And she said, I really didn't have a reason to leave him. And of course, after that, the interest, her interest in me was done. She was a nice lady. But the problem was, she hadn't dealt with her issues. She refused to have the surgery that would correct her eye socket. I didn't ask her about that. She told me about it. She said she wanted that to be a reminder. Not to get with another man like him. For whatever reason, she decided to stay that way. And we talked for about a year or so, off and on as friends. And then eventually, she changed the number and moved on. You know, folks, um, dealing with people, you never know what trauma they've experienced. You never know what they've gone through. And we have things called triggers that we may hit and not know them, or know, not know about them. And sometimes people like to keep their own trauma and tragedy to themselves, even in relationships. And that's very difficult to manage. Being with a partner and don't know why they act a certain way. I was invited to a wedding years ago and it was through a mutual friend. And we went and I, ooh, I ate that cheesecake. Mm. It was pretty good. As you could tell, because during the 90s, that was real popular. And one thing that I got a chance to hear about through this mutual friend, they had agreed to have a sexless marriage. They had never slept with each other before they married. And there were no intentions of doing it afterwards. I thought that was kind of odd, and a mutual friend said, you know, that is kind of strange. I said, yes, it is. 
but I'm sure they have their reasons. What it came down to, she had problems with a man being in charge of her, being in control. She was traumatized in her childhood because her dad ran the house with an iron fist. And Mama was the punching bag. And she never wanted to get in that position. And this mutual friend who was her best friend told me all about what was going on. The guy didn't have a backbone and she could run all over him. She dictated the terms of the marriage. The marriage lasted about two years. And his mutual friend shocked me when she told me about the divorce. And I said, damn, they just got married. And she's like, I know. She said, but I knew it wasn't going to last. And being that I was my mutual, uh, mutual friend's plus one that night, Her friend, who was the bride, thought that me and this lady were going to hook up and be a couple. I had known her for years. We met at a mixer, as a matter of fact. And we decided that we didn't really like each other on that level. And so we decided to be friends. She wanted the muscle-bound man with the fade, that wasn't me. But I understood and I respected her for being a true friend in the sense that she did not try to go and over-sexualize herself around me. And I respected that. She was always respectful, always kind, always decent. When she invited me to the wedding, asked me if I would be a plus one, I was honored with it. I never forget when I was dropping her off at the house after the reception. She asked me, she said, what do you think it would have been like if we would have gotten together? I said it would have been probably a 20-car pileup on the 405 freeway. It would have been a disaster. She says, I agree. We had two different perceptions, two different political views, two different everything. But we could strike up an accord with conversation and with the mutual respect we had for each other. Now, men are constantly classified as narcissists by women. Men constantly tell women that they're stuck up or they're bougie or they're uppity. Again, backhanded compliment. Try to lower their self-esteem. Because that's a form of control. get your attention and trip you up. 
Now, here's the other thing that we have to look at with this. A person who gets involved in a relationship with someone that they already know has an ego, they already, when I say ego, I'm talking about, we all have egos, but I'm talking about one that's really extra and over the top. They have to be the center of attention. They have to marginalize everyone else in order to be on top. And for some reason, this person looks at that individual as a challenge. I could change him. I could rebuild him. I could make him better than he is. Just let me at him. And in many cases, the only person that changes is the person who tried to make the change. Especially when they feel defeated and powerless because they haven't made an impact on that person. And here's when you know your relationship's in real trouble. When you tried to implement that change and the person was not going for it, didn't want to hear it, and you get frustrated, and then you throw your hands up and you go silent. At this point, whatever you tolerated, that person sees as acceptance. So there you are defeated. And then you start making them feel guilty. If you loved me, you would have done this. Well, maybe I don't love you, so I don't need to do it. Take your ass home. But see, that's an attention grabber when they say, if you love me, you would have done this or that. They're trying to see how far they can get with the soft power on you. The conviction of guilt. Can I make you feel bad enough or you will change now? I tried forcing you to change, but now let me use my soft power and try to persuade you to change. Most people don't change unless they want to. And trust and believe more often than not is not because of you or anything you said. And some of you who want that change in a person may realize that that change is not the change you wanted in that individual. Well, we're testing the alarm system because someone's cooking. But fear not, folks. It's not an emergency. If it was, I'd be hauling my ass out. And guess what? You'll be coming right along with me. But we're okay. Everything is cool. It's going to go away in a minute. Now, I know this is annoying. There we go. Away with it. And I do apologize for the disturbance. But here's also what I'm saying to end this particular segment out. Because we got a lot of things to talk about. When it comes down to it, folks, we have to realize one more other thing. 
that change that you might want in that person to kind of fit your needs, they may be making a change for their own convenience that may be an inconvenience to you. And the way they implement that change and the conditions for that change to take place. And those of you who don't believe in compromising on those changes, oh, you got a few issues to deal with. Because that person going to sit steady as a rock. We'll talk more in a moment. Girl, please be quiet. You don't learn these two new words. Now you think you're smart and every man that you come into contact with is either toxic or he's a narcissist. Girl, get the fuck out of here. Now, there's another issue that commonly comes up in relationships. And that is those of you who feel as though your partner looks at you as never getting anything right. They look at you as a doofless or some other type of underpinning of a person that cannot really uh, bring themselves about to do anything right. Now, the reason why they do this, of course, is to keep your self-esteem low, to foster doubt, and to establish control. It's a mind game. And the reason why this is played is because, believe it or not, they're actually trying to treat you like a child. You know, like the son that has the softball game. And dad's in the stands, and he's waiting for his kid to hit a home run. And the kid's under that pressure. And the kid wants to have an excuse as why they can't hit that home run. Because they don't want to face daddy with the truth. And dad goes and says, you know, you should have swung at the ball the second time. What was wrong with you? Why you just stood there? I don't know. A partner like that, this is where they want you. In the I don't know stage. So at that point, you're empty. You're emotionally bankrupt. You're crying. And they're lording over you. As if to say, I can control your feelings. Oh, I'm going to make her cry. I'm going to make him cry. No, you know what? I'm going to give him a little sense of humor. I'm going to make him laugh. I'm going to make him be grateful and thank me for everything I've done. You can't let somebody get in your head that deep. It's not worth it. And let's get something straight. Ladies, Please quit asking men would they die for you. No one can die for anyone. The reason why I bring this up is because I'm going to read you an email from Joan. 
And Joan is out of Olympia, Washington. I really don't believe my boyfriend loves me. He doesn't come over as frequently as he used to. He's always busy at work. I try to make time for him. True enough, I'm in between jobs, but that still is no excuse. After he gets off work, he could at least come by. We only live about three miles away. He tells me he's sleeping, then I have to go over to his place and literally beg to come in. At first, I thought he was with another woman, but I found that that wasn't the case. I felt kind of bad accusing him of cheating on me when he didn't. I'm kind of envious in a way because he has a job and I don't. He has his own place and I live with a roommate. She's always bugging me for rent. I know at some point I might have to get an OnlyFans page or something. I'm sorry, but I'm just one of these women that just does not want to work. I'm of the philosophy that work is nothing but slavery. I understand you may not agree with me. I'm 27, trying to figure my life out. I asked him the other night if he loved me. He slowly said yes. And asked him, would you die for me? He wouldn't answer that question. Do you think it's appropriate for a man not to die for his woman to protect her? Folks, that's the dumbest question you could ever ask a man. You're going to die anyway, whether he dies and saves you for a few more years. Your ass is going to croak just like everybody else. She's stuck on the symbolism. But now, she does feel entitled. The reason why she's trying to snuggle up with this man is because that roommate more than likely is going to kick her out. This is not about love. This is about a place to stay. This is about being taken care of. In that email, she already stated her philosophy in life. So that means that a good percentage of Americans busting their asses every day are slaves. Okay, let's say you put it in that category. The one thing about a slave, they weren't compensated. They were given enough just to survive on. Plus, a slave can't leave one plantation to work for another one. Can they? So her philosophy was messed up. But is she toxic? No, I wouldn't classify her as toxic. I would classify her as probably someone that's a moocher. Someone that feels as though, well, I got a body, I'm a female. I can have sex with the man, I can get pregnant by him. And therefore, I should be taken care of. This is the epitome of what most women try to fight against. One thing I've always done in life, and it started with the example my mother set. My mom worked two jobs. Took me to both of them. When I get off school, I'd go up there and see her at work. 
Well, one thing she established early on in my life is a work ethic. And she told me, don't you ever get with a woman that's dependent on you solely. Even with my dad. He had worked post office for 45 years. Retired. He was retired when they got married. And my mother went into that marriage saying, huh, I'm not dependent on anybody. It's nice that we can be together and share resources, but I'm not going to be one of these women out here begging society for anything. You see, in Mississippi, during that time, and this is one thing that blew me away when I got to California about how many people were content with being on the doles, being on social programs. It was an embarrassment in the South to be on that. Plus, it was hard as hell to get on it. And in some counties, hell, they had it like a loan. Senator James O. Eastland, back in the day, talked about that. How these people go out and get $60 to go and buy groceries from the state. And they'd have to pay it back like a loan. Like there was a lot of shady dealings in many of those counties and many of those places. But see, one thing that really hurt Mississippi more than anything, even though they have the most blacks in the state in this country, the people that control the money and the purse strings for the state were, of course, the whites that told them that, hey, they're doing fine. Don't worry about them. So it was a sense of pride not to be on public assistance. Now, is it warranted in this country? Of course. Because you've seen countries without it. And we see where that wound up in many parts of this world. Protests, people starving, wanting to overthrow the government because they don't have any food. We haven't devolved to that level. So we should be thankful for the gift horse we have and not spit it in the mouth. Our economy is fortunate enough to be able to afford to take care of those that can't take care of themselves. Even though we spend more money on the military than we do even on our own people. For something as simple as dental work, health care, education, housing assistance, Things that will impact a person's life more than anything else throughout their existence. 
as the wealthiest nation in the world, that is. But we have to also look at it from another standpoint. This lady is the epitome of the problem. Her actions are. Her attitude is. I don't know her personally, so I can't condemn who she is as a person. She could probably be a very nice person with just a fucked up philosophy. So for what she displayed in this email, what it means is something simple. She wants a free ride. Now, as an aside, there was something uh, that I was reading about recently in an article. I forgot what site it was. I didn't get a chance to post it on the facebook.com backslash romantic truth site page. But anyway, there was this person, she was 23, and she was born a he and got the uh, surgeries and the conversion to become a female. And what this person said in the article was that the reason why they wanted to undergo this transformation was partially due to the fact that women get treated better in society than men do. And she didn't see herself working all her life trying to provide what somebody could provide for her. Now, I wonder if there's been no studies done, but I wonder if there's a correlation between the number of men transitioning to women as opposed to the women transitioning to men. Because there are far more men that are transitioning to women than there are vice versa. So this is something that's kind of interesting. Now you have some people that genuinely believe that they are in the wrong body. Okay, I'll give you that. I've had co-workers and friends who have gone through the change. They're no different than they were before. Ellen still doesn't get mad if I call her Bob. Even though I've been knowing Bob longer than I've known Ellen. And Ellen still managed to keep her marriage with the wife. And the kids accept the fact that Dad is now second mommy. It was a tough transition because this was well before it was popular to do that. Well before that. And of course, coming back to work six months later, after the therapy, the surgeries, and everything else, 
Who knew? I walked right past Ellen or Bob, whichever you desire. I didn't even know who the hell that person was. I thought it was a new hire. Plastic surgery. All kinds of body augmentation. And people in the company, some didn't like it. Others didn't care. Said his wife had the hardest part going to therapy, dealing with what was happening. And the arrangement was, as long as he didn't get the manhood cut off, you could add a breast, the hips, the butt, and all the rest of that. There was stipulation. They went on happily ever after, still married to this day, kids who going to Washington State, go to school. Doing pretty good. I look at it this way. Love who you love. I don't have any problem with that. I personally only deal with biological women. Because a woman has a scent that arouses me, especially if it's the right perfume, it doesn't. It just gels with the chemistry. The other thing we have to look at too, and I tell you folks in the LGBTQ community, just like I tell straight people and anyone else, whether you're man, woman, whatever, On that first date, you want to have your own transportation. I don't give a damn how convincing that person is. You're dealing with a stranger, usually. Let them know what to expect before you go on that date. Now, I know it's going to be kind of frustrating because you probably like this guy or you like this girl, you want this person. Tell them the truth. Give them the option to say yes or no. Because many of the people that get hurt or worse, it's because they never gave the other person an option and that frustration and anger is there. You don't want to put yourself in that precarious situation. You don't have to. And what that does, it betters your chances of someone that's really into you and really can understand you. You know, it's like catfishing. And those of you probably heard about the case where the guy had joined the police force in Virginia and then drove all the way out to California, to Riverside, and burned down the house and killed three people and abducted a teenage girl, a minor. My heart goes out for that child because it's going to be a very long time. She's got a long road ahead of her. Don't know if anything was done to her yet. 
just the fact alone that this man killed her loved ones and then destroyed the very house she lived in is enough to traumatize anyone. All because he lied and said that he was a teenager online on a dating app. This man had no priors. And so, you know, people went looking at the police department thinking, okay, well, why didn't you detect it? Well, there are plenty of people out there that commit egregious acts without a previous history. The guy that was supervised over at Walmart in Chesapeake they shot those people up. And he was selective about the people he shot. Some he let go. This was one of the reasons why in the workplace I've always treated everybody equal and fair with dignity. folks started ganging up on one person, cracking too many jokes, teasing them too much, I'd lay off and tell them to lay off. Because you don't know what the emotional state of that person is. You're sitting there bullshitting and think, oh, well, he'll never do nothing like that. You never know. You never know. You're only seeing the side of the person they want you to see in that environment. They may be somebody totally different. I never forget in my earlier days, I made a mistake of dating a coworker. We went out, it was a Friday night, and she wanted to go over to her place. So we did. This lady had every kind of sex toy and tool you can imagine in that bedroom. And she turned around and she said, well, this is the alternative, me at home. She had some interesting stuff there. She had a dildo that was made like a saber. You could put your fingers through the thing on the handle, like a sword, And it was long. And I asked her, when do you use this? She says, oh, when I feel like it. And sometimes I'll take my foot and push it inside me to make it a little bit more impactful. What I didn't know was that she hadn't been with a guy in almost two years. So we barely made it into the bedroom before things jumped off. Now, things were awkward in the workplace afterwards. Started coming over, leaning over on me, kissing me on the neck, that kind of thing. And her supervisor got her in trouble. 
Then she got on me about not showing affection in the workplace. And I had to tell her, hey, you can't do that there. I said, you got to act like you did before we did it. She said, oh, no, 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 no. Mm-mm. Pandora's box is open now. I was thankful that I was leaving the company within the next week. Changed my phone number. Never could get in touch with me again. Folks, when you're dealing with people, the best thing to do is just observe what's on anything. Because they will kind of tell you about themselves by their actions, by the way they behave, the way they interact. But these are one of the common things that we face. Or I should have said, these are the common things we face. And a little bit better. For all you Grammarly folks, I tell you this show is live. I record it. It's recorded ambient noises and everything. So, what this means then is that you can kind of have expectations set, which you should, your standards, values, and everything else. But you also got to be flexible for things you don't know. To look at that woman at work, I would never thought that she had a dildo collection and every kind of collection you could imagine in her house. But that was the way she lived outside the workplace. We'll talk more in a moment. Now, as many of you know, we talked about compromises in the past. Another common issue in relationships. If your partner makes a compromise, you should meet him with one for yourself and vice versa. That's the way it should work. Going in with the demand and you're not willing to budge on anything else in order to make this person feel as though they're being reciprocated in some kind of way. Uh Uh-uh. You probably have a passive-aggressive partner. Another thing, too. Fellas in particular. It's not uncommon for a woman to feel like she's not sexy. And how does this happen? A lot of times it happens through routine. You go through the regular throes of a relationship... And it comes kind of mundane. It's like road noise. Every once in a while, you might want to surprise them. And just put her in the mood. Not by groping or anything like that, but those gentle touches. Just as a word to help you out, fellas, especially you young guys. The more foreplay, the wetter she will get, the closer she will be to an orgasm, 
and the less work you'd have to do trying to screw her like a jackhammer. Because, see, with women, they want the experience. They don't want it just to fuck. They want the experience. The woman that just wants to fuck you, she's not concerned about your last name. She just wants to pull up her skirt, get it done, and leave. The woman that's into you, she wants you to make love to her. She wants her whole body to tingle. She wants her knees wobbly and wishy-washy like wet noodles. She wants to enjoy the experience. And she wants to also have emotional equity in you. But she could say, that's my man. My man thought enough of me to satisfy me. He loves me. And I love him back. Hell, I remember when I was with Monica and we would go down, I had to go back to Camp Pendleton before I got out of service. <laughs> I remember one time, i never forget it. We made love so intense before I left. The whole time I was on base for that week, I was still thinking about her ass. And it was like, when I got back, it was part two. It was about the experience. About the way we made each other feel. Inside and out. And yeah, it was inside and out. I told never mind. But it was good. <laughs> and you know it's bad when a woman talks to you and tells you, we're going to go at the same time. And she's got the pace down, the rhythm down. We had the music. Keep on moving, don't stop. No, yellow is the color of some rays. It was on and cracked. That song, Mm, I'm surprised I'm not a father from it. But here's the thing. It's about communication, consideration, and listening. Now, there's another aspect of dealing with some of the other common issues. You know, when you are in that relationship and both of you are working and you really don't make time for each other, that's going to eventually put a wedge between the two of you. When you start getting comfortable not even being around or thinking about your partner, it's pretty much a done deal at that point. Another common issue. And ladies, you're known for this. I'm not sure if I'm ready for a relationship yet. Even after you've gone through all the preparation for having a relationship. In some cases, even getting a commitment from it. And by the way, ladies, when you do this, a man thinks you're playing a game with him. And you definitely get off his barometer when it comes down to someone that he would really want to be with. Now, 
Don't get it twisted. Just because a man sleeps with you doesn't mean he loves you. We can compartmentalize feelings like you wouldn't believe. I remember one time, <clears throat> I was over at a friend's house. And he was going to invite his girlfriend and this other lady over, one of her friends. She comes over, and she was okay. And she sat down, introduced herself, and we sat down and we talked and watched television. And I could tell she was getting kind of close. Now I knew that it was only obvious she hadn't been with a man in a very long time. Playing with my hands. Oh, let me see your fingers. Oh, they're long. Let me take your lifeline. Doing the initial touching. Now I'm thinking, she's nice. What kind of situation are we going to wind up with here? Is it going to be sex or the potential start of a relationship? Well, she didn't strike me as someone that was physically attractive. Now, she wasn't ugly. She had a nice shape. But she wasn't attractive from the standpoint of me seeing her attractive. And she kept on, you know, hey, let's watch a movie. Okay, we're watching a movie. She's all close because she wanted to put on scary movie. We're watching that. And she's leaning over on me, and, and she's like, oh, what kind of cologne you wearing? That kind of thing. Now, I'm still trying to be the upper torso of me is still being a gentleman. Downstairs, dick is harder than Russian calculus. I mean, I could have broke bricks with that month. And so I'm sitting there, and my penis is tapping me on the thigh, talking about, hey, hey. I'm like, what? Am I going to get fed tonight? And I'm like, damn. I'm like, but I just met her. I don't give a damn. He looks up at me talking about hard dick has no conscience. I was like, damn. And then she started leaning on me and then she decided she was going to lay across my lap. Well, she got a dick under her shoulder blade when she did. She's like, what's that? I said, now don't touch it because if you touch it now, I am not responsible for its actions. Started laughing. Well, I went on and double hold. For those of you who don't know, that's when you put on two of them red packed Trojan condoms, the one with the powder with the white ones. Two of those. Where to play it safe. Strange territory. Penis was mad. Man, why you double hold? Man, shut the fuck up. Went in. And it wasn't even a romantic thing. She just wanted sex. So we went on and did our thing. Then my boy comes in. Man, you ain't nut on my couch, did you? No, I didn't. No, no we, didn't, we didn't do that. This was back in the younger years. And it was really weird. 
Because after the event was over with, he's like, let's sit and cuddle. And we're cuddling. And she says, you know, this is the first time I've ever done something like this. When she said that shit, I just looked at her and I'm like, okay. And left it at that. I knew she was lying. But I said to myself after that, I said, damn. So I'm sitting here on the couch. This woman comes in, starts flirting with me. We look at a movie and we wind up fucking. And I started thinking about all the women that I had to go through all this shit for just to even get close, just sit by a couch, on, sit with them on the couch. And I started to realize, hey, you know what? Everybody's different. So the situation was there. Fortunately, we didn't see each other again. Nothing else happened. Now, she wasn't bad. She wasn't bad at all. But the problem was, it was too easy. And I thought about it. I said, hmm. Now, I don't know if she lied to me or not telling me this was her first time doing something like that. But I was skeptical. Because it was just too fluid and too easy for her. When I saw my friend again, he was like, oh, girl's been asking about you. I said, is she pregnant? He laughed. He said, nah. He said, but um, she's not looking for a relationship. She just wants to see if she can have a buddy. And I'm like, I'm not driving all the way down to Carson to see her ass on the regular. That ain't happening. It was just in the moment. And sometimes you'll have those. Now, ladies, one thing to realize, too. If your man hadn't had sex with you in a long time, and you're walking around in booty shorts, cleaning the house, going and being busy doing all your stuff if he give you that look he ready to tear your ass up and some of you don't even notice it and he's looking he said yeah you bend over to put more clothes in the in the washer if you want to because see I have a rule with all the ladies I date if you bend over in front of me wearing no underwear fair game that's a maiden call. <laughs> Just kidding. Seriously kidding, though. But no, in all seriousness, sometimes it's spontaneity. And this is one thing that becomes an issue in some relationships. Some people lack spontaneity in the relationship. And that helps a lot to have that. But there's some relationships where you're in and then all of a sudden you realize that after the sex and after the spark is gone, there's nothing left. You're both sitting there empty. That's not a good feeling at all. So to prevent that, you have to constantly nourish and feed your relationship like you do a garden. Bedroom issues can be a problem in relationships. 
And before you guys have sex, you need to talk about what you guys are going and going not and not going to do. So it shouldn't be something where the lady tells you, okay, you got to get a running start from the living room that I want you to jump and just free fly all the way into the bed. Mm-mm. Now, other things that will come up as an issue. Cohabitation. Your partner may have some habits that you didn't know about when you guys were not living together. So when they see you on a date all the time, they're showering every time they show up. Uh, You live with them and see they hadn't taken a shower in two weeks. Ooh, hell no. So, hygiene is one thing. Cleanliness. And ladies, you've probably experienced this. You go over to your man's place, he got pizza boxes on the floor, Subway sandwich half-eaten on the damn coffee table, a half-can of beer that's been drank that's sat up there for about a week. Like it's a monument. And you don't want to go in there having to clean up after. And you might do it one time. But then, damn, it's like on the regular. Not putting his clothes in the laundry bin. And for you ladies who don't know, if his socks are stuck together, that's not glue. I'm just warning you, that's not glue. If you happen to go on this computer and this keyboard's sticky, um, that's not any kind of those little juice drinks that spilled in the keyboard. Just telling you. <laughs> you never know. I had a friend of mine, as she was telling me about uh, her boyfriend. And she said that uh, every time I go over his place, Things are stuck together. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, his socks are stuck together. The keyboard is sticky. Like maybe he spills something on the keyboard. Trying to get a man a half a chance of surviving because she was a very difficult woman to deal with. Very sweet, loving, but difficult. If you told her something, she was going to go on Google and see if it was true. But I appreciated her for her detail. That's why I liked her so much. And it cracked me up. She says, um, what do you think he's doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? I knew what he was doing. I said, and I just told her, I said, what he's doing when he's not with you, he's beating off. Well, he doesn't have to do that. He's with me, and I give him all this. I said, well, there are times when you're not around. And I told her, I said, I bet you you have a little pocket toy, too. And, of course, she admitted to having a butterfly. And I told her, I said, well, it's like you guys are a match. But she was still hesitant about moving in with him. He wanted her to move in. And she laid down the rules about what had to be done before she moved in. 
His job was to clean the kitchen and the bathroom, and she would take care of the house and the bedroom. It worked out very well. Everything went well for about three years until he got on his knee to ask to marry her. So, no, 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 we're not doing that. She had this phobia about getting married. She thought that meant you were getting old and you were going to be with the same person. She was one of these people that believed in keeping her options open. And eventually, they split. Now, one of the other areas that will be problematic for some couples, believe it or not, the friends, associating with those friends, meeting those friends. Fellas, how many times have you had a woman and you had a friend and she didn't like your friend, especially if she was female? Because as she saw it, it posed a threat. And of course, she probably wanted to have that woman-to-woman talk with her about, that's my man. Um, yeah, you got to give up some space. You can't be around him all the time. This is something you will have to contend with. Now, fellas, usually a woman's not going to have another man around if she's serious about being with you. If she's got another man around, and what I mean by that is someone that you kind of know want to be with her or has been with her, she's probably not ready just to be with you. A lot of women don't get that. And this is the reason why a lot of guys, they're looking from the standpoint, well, he's just a friend. Well, here's the way I used to interpret just a friend. You either slept with him or he wants to sleep with you. Because many of you ladies forget, many of us men get put in a friend zone by women and then get pulled out like we're off the practice squad in the NFL and get put into a, a damn playoff game. And of course, when she introduces us, we're friends. But the thing is, you don't share orgasm faces with your friends. Haven't you ever looked at your partner when they had an orgasm? Ooh, they make some weird faces, don't they? Oh, like, damn. What's wrong? Nothing. You sure? Yeah. It's like, did you morph into some kind of creature when you... Hey, it happens. But the one thing to keep in mind, when it comes down to those friends, you want to see how they're actually put in place by your partner. Are the friends still treating your relationship as it doesn't exist? 
Now, of course, if you go and say, this is my woman, you others need to go away. That can pose a problem. She's known those friends longer than she's known you. Guess who will have to have to go? Two things to keep in mind, fellas. Women will keep their friends and their pets before they keep you. Now, those friends that she doesn't want to keep, they never were her friends anyway. She never trusted them. And women have strange relationships like that. See, as men, we don't want too many people around us that we can't trust. And the reason why we don't want that is because it only takes a sliver of a misunderstanding for us to get into a confrontation with each other. Ladies, this is the reason why when a man's talking about his wife or his woman, we stay away from commenting on that situation. See, y'all can talk about how your man's a dog and all that, and your girlfriend's there in the amen chorus of the choir. Mm-hmm, surely is he. I know he's messing around. If this man say, I think my wife's cheating on me and she ain't nothing but just a low life, whatever. The minute a guy say, yeah, you're right, he gonna get his ass whooped. So we don't go there there. So we don't have that social connection like you guys do. Now, brings me to my next thing. Some men misinterpret a woman's diplomatic ability in the relationship as flirting. Let me give you an example. My wife and I, one day, she had to get her car service. And I went with her. I was going to meet her there at the place. I got there. And my wife had talked this man into cutting the price down in order to get her car fixed. At first I was thinking, oh, she probably made me want to offer some pussy or something. But no, that wasn't the case. He thought she was single. That was on him for lowering the price. And she grabbed me up. She said, I had to go inside the office before you got here. She said, because I had to get things in writing. And she said, being that I'm a woman, I didn't tell him that I was available for a date. I didn't tell him that I was married. He just went on and did it. Because I was so worried about her being taken advantage of by a guy at an auto part at an auto repair shop. And once I saw the price, I was like, hmm. And of course he was kind of pissed once when uh he found out that I was her husband. Then he wanted to tell, oh well, you know, you need this checked, you need that checked. I said, no, we we're gonna go with the bill right here. Went on and paid it. So sometimes she's gonna use that charm that benefits the relationship. And how did it benefit us? less money they had to go out of the household to pay for the repairs. A good woman will do that when she loves a man. She'll be the public relations department for the relationship because people they approach women differently and they listen to them more intently when there's something that they need 
from someone else. Now, it's not always the case because there have been some people on uh, that show I Survived. Woman got raped, got shot up, stabbed, and ran to like three people's homes and all of them said, hell no, and left the woman on the porch to be beat up again by the man that was attacking her until the cops came. But here's the thing. We have to look at it from the standpoint if your partner has integrity and you can trust them, they can get things done. I was dating a Caucasian lady one time, and uh, never forget it. She, um, it was a job I was going for. And she told me, she said, let me do this. Let me go in and get the job description for you, et cetera, et cetera. I said, well, why can't I go in there and get it? She says, trust me, let me get it. She got the whole job packet and everything. I mean, all of the stuff that I would need. And she said, if you were to gone in there, they would have only given you the application. This thing had what the job entailed, had everything. And I was qualified for the job, so I went on, applied and got it. Thanks to her. She said, that receptionist would not have given you what I was able to get you. And I started to realize that. And even when I was with Monica, I never forget we Stayed in a hotel in New York. Nice, lavish hotel. And they were giving out room keys to us. And the man at the desk said, well, is he going to take your luggage? As if I was some kind of porter. And she looked at him. And she says, come again? Well, does he work for you? She grabbed me by the hand, gave me a kiss. She said, this is my man. And don't you ever disrespect him. She wanted to speak to the manager. Told the manager what was happening. He came out, the guy came out, apologized, the manager did too. We got comped to Rome that night. You will have women that will work with you Provided that you work with them. She's going to try to keep you out of fights. Because you mean more important to her. You're more important to her. A free man. Not in jail or in the hospital or in the morgue. A woman don't give a damn about you. She's going to let you go get your ass kicked. Another thing ladies. Some of you are shit starters. And that's problematic for us men. Don't go and pick a fight with another woman or with another man and expect your man to come in there and uh, be the hero. Put on your cape. Yeah, you fellas, put on that cape. And you have that slogan across your chest. Captain Save-A-Ho. 
Mm-mm. She shouldn't put you in that predicament. The only time you should be defending your woman is if you guys are attacked. Not if it's an offensive act on your part. Because you're entitled to protect yourself. But you're not entitled to start some shit. So ladies, that's not a form of entertainment to expose your man to danger like that unless you really don't give a damn about him. And fellas, if she doesn't give a damn about you in that way, why are you with him? Another common issue. You know, I talk about insecurity and I talk about addictions. A person can be addicted to where you are in their lives. Take for instance, I'll give you an example. The two of you got together in high school. You moved into a one-bedroom apartment. You're working at Target, he's working at Walmart. Combined, you guys are making somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 65000 if you're lucky, maybe seventy, based on your hours. Now, you can't buy a lavish home or nothing like that, so you rent an apartment. You got a kid, you got to pay for the babysitter, sometimes you have your relatives or friends to babysit. And you're trying to make ends meet. You want to save money for a house. Well, your female partner decides that she wants to go back to school to go into nursing. You're kind of against it because you need the money coming in because you're barely making it as it is. So she reduces her hours to part-time and she goes to school. You pissed off thinking that she's getting off easy, that she's skating. This is one of the most misinterpreted things that happen in relationships. Afraid the person's going to outgrow you. You're supposed to grow with them. I've seen couples where the wife went on to nursing school and then later on, the husband went on and got his IT degree and went on and got a job. Where they both bettered their situation together. But you have to work in tandem. You have to work as a team. Because the individual effort, somebody going to get left out and be pissed off. Trust and believe on that. Seen it. Experienced it. It's not a good thing. The lady I was dating was upset that I chose to go back to school at 42. I don't understand why you're wasting your time and money going back to school. Because I don't want to be complacent and miserable like you are. For me to advance my career, I need to go. I'm tired of kissing ceiling tiles. Every time I get to a position, I can work my way up to a certain point. Is that... You don't have a paper. Well, she was complacent. She wasn't a bad person. But the person she needed at that time in her life was not a Sigma male, which I am. What she needed was a Delta male. Someone who was stable. Someone who was loving what they had and didn't want to change anything, didn't want to go forward, didn't want to do anything but 
exist in that relationship. I want to grow. So you'll have those disconnects. We'll talk more in a minute. Now, when it comes to relationships, you also have to deal with sometimes people's, you know, pet peeves or even their um, preferences. I want to read you an email that I thought was pretty odd from Linda out of Dallas, Texas. My boyfriend and I are having some issues, and I love listening to your show because I have him listen and we try to work through many of our problems together. We would have been broken up a long time ago had it not been for your show. But we had a better understanding of each other and the way we should communicate. But here's one thing that I'm struggling with right now. I have this addiction. I love a musty man. I get upset when my boyfriend comes in from work and he takes a shower before we make love. It's something about that smell that makes me very horny. He hates it. He thinks I'm disgusting. I love putting my arm under his... She's got here. I love putting my arm under his arm and smelling his armpits in the process. It's something about that that really turns me on. The other thing I like and I know you're going to think this is gross. I like sweaty balls, too. I don't know what my obsession is with this. I don't know where it came from, but it's something that he and I have an argument over all the time. He hates being funky. I don't mind it. And the weird thing is, I shower at least twice a day, and I'm very phobic about the way I smell. But for some reason, with him, I don't care. I want that smell. I know you're probably thinking there's something wrong with me. He's trying to get me to go to a therapist. I don't need a therapist. What I need is him. We've been living together now for about two years. And within that period of time, He's kind of resigned to the fact that he has to go lay in the bed funky until I'm finished, and then he can go shower and I'll go and cook dinner. I know he's uncomfortable with it, but I'm trying to figure out a way we can compromise. Any thoughts or ideas? Linda, Dallas, Texas. Linda, there he is. Both of you take your asses to the shower, and you can be with him while he's musty, and you could also clean him up too. Case solved. You'll run across people with situations like these. Absurd and crazy. Beth writes from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm 48 years old, rather frumpy, a little plump, and this one young man at my job has been flirting with me. I've been thinking about giving him a little taste, but I'm afraid to do so because I might get hooked 
and I might do something stupid at work. Right now, it's just all a fantasy in my head with him. But if I ever got the chance with him alone, I wouldn't put up any resistance. He could take me. I saw him in the break room today, and I got his phone number. But I got it under the pretenses of probably working an extra shift. I know this is my first move, and I'm nervous about it. But do you think I should go and try to pursue this? He's 30. He's single. No children. He's a good catch, if you ask me. But I don't want to blow it. But I know I can't control myself once I'm in the bedroom. Once I'm with a man, I am his. I am totally submissive. At work, I'll admit I'm a bitch. But in the bedroom, I'm a submissive slave. Should I just go on and just forget about this? Or what should I do? These feelings have been stirring up ever since he's gotten to our department. But I'm trying to keep myself calm. At night before I go to bed, I always masturbate thinking about him. No, I'm not a pervert. I'm not some creepy old lady. I'm just a woman that has not been satisfied throughout my whole life. I've been married twice, never had an orgasm. I have three kids. And I can tell you, the only sexual satisfaction I've ever had is with myself. And I'm thinking that maybe I could train him to make the situation different. Beth, Cleveland, Ohio. Beth, you're playing with fire on the job. Don't let him dip his in his pen in company ink, I'm telling you. You're at least cognizant about it. You're thinking about it. I understand. And sometimes we have thoughts that we don't want to follow through on. Because I will tell you, I had a thought of having a polar bear as a pet when I was a kid. Until I realized how big they grew and that they eat people. Now, that wouldn't be a good idea. But, in this situation, I think that um, overall with you, be very careful. You're a grown woman. You're going to do what you want to do. I get it. You're lonely. You're tired. But are you just trying to get with this guy so you can kind of show him what you want to have done in the bedroom? Is that the extent of his use for you? That's something you're going to have to determine. The worst thing in the world to do is to start something like this and not really understand where you are in the relationship. Don't send mixed messages. This is another common problem in relationships. A misread on what's supposed to happen in it. I was without the, I was out with this lady one time and I talked about her before. She was a little conservative or very conservative. She looked like a governor from a southern state. 
Very attractive blonde-haired woman, middle age. And she invited me. I believe I invited her. No, she invited me over to the table to eat with her because she was by herself over at Kukaroos. And I thought for sure the only thing we were going to talk about was politics. Now she had a very broad knowledge of things. And I appreciated her for who she was. And we got along very well. We did something really silly after we ate dinner. Now, we weren't on a date or anything. This was just a chance meeting. And she and I were the only two people in the restaurant. But over there were Kukaroos on Wilshire. And she said, you know, I have a taste for some gelato. And she knew where this gelato place was in Santa Monica. And it was near where I lived, near where she lived. So I followed her, got there. We had gelato. And she dipped her spoon over into my cup. And took a deep ass, I mean, damn, it took a whole, man. She took so much of that damn gelato out of my cup, it wasn't funny. And she had a deep taste. And her eyes lit up. She said, oh, I love this lemon custard. I should have got that. Now, I didn't know this lady at first from anybody. She didn't know me from anyone. We wound up spending the whole day together. And after a while, about two days, she asked me to come over. And she cooked a dinner. When I said dinner, she cooked a full dinner. And it was great. Food was excellent. And then afterwards, she made a joke. She was drinking some wine. I had a beer. She said, so when are you going to ravage me? And she started laughing. And I'm like, huh? And she was just joking. She was like, well, I expected you at some point. I tried to give you hints. Well, the interesting thing was, we sat in her apartment. And she had a nice apartment. It was on the side of the hill over there, Santa Monica. And we watched the sunset. Oh, it was romantic as hell. I'll never forget that evening. Very nice evening. But here's the thing. We didn't realize, because we both, at first, thought that it would just be a thing where we both had flat personalities and that we'd be at odds because she was a conservative white woman and I was a liberal-looking black guy. Didn't think that we had any chemistry whatsoever. And what it came down to, we fell onto our better angels of humanity by being with each other just because we were a couple who were with each other. We didn't talk about politics, didn't talk about race, none of that stuff. We just genuinely enjoyed each other. 
and that sun setting. I wish, to this day, I wish I had my video camera with me so I could, it was just beautiful. And we sat there. And I told her, I said, damn, the sun went to sleep on our asses. She started laughing. But we had a wonderful time. But what I realized was that in some cases, you will actually run across issues in the relationship sometimes when things are going smoothly. Here I am thinking that at any moment, this lady's going to tell me, okay, that's enough, let's go. You got to go. Or something where it would be like she was trying to be so defensive. And we dated for a while. Then she had to go back because she was in California with her work. But we had a pretty good time together. And what you realize, folks, is that as you date, you'll have these vignettes of different experiences with people. And we usually, of course, cherry pick and remember the best ones. We're going to talk more in a moment. All right, folks, in conclusion, let's go through some of the things that are common issues in relationships. Envy, jealousy, condescension. In other words, making your partner feel less than. Falsely accusing them of things that you don't have evidence or facts on. Just because you feel as though without any tangible reason to hold them accountable. The person who doesn't want to argue, who wants to end the conversation. Because they feel as though if they can end the conversation, that they got their point across and that was all. That's something a child does. Not a grown person. Being treated like a child in a relationship. Being monitored. Unnecessarily. Going to family and friends about problems in your relationship. I even have people that write in and tell me, hey, you know, my wife wrote you a couple of weeks ago and you read the pod, read it on your podcast. This is my side of the story. There were a couple that I got like that, but the reason I didn't read them on the, on the show is because they gave way too much personal information. I don't want to be in your life like that. I don't want to know you like that. Keep your disputes out there in the ether with the rest of them. These are all common threats. Lying in relationships, whether it's to someone or on someone. Telling half-truths. Non-disclosure of things that are very important in the relationship that will impact it. We're just going through a medley of these because there are a lot of them. 
These are all common issues in relationships that we deal with. Cohabitational issues. Time management issues. You don't make time for me. Avoidance issues. Something that need to be addressed in the relationship, but you or your partner is trying to avoid that conversation at all costs. You don't want to have it. Now, the reason why some people don't want to have conversations that need to be had in relationships is because of the fact that they probably have on the tip of their tongue that they want it over with. They want to be done with it. This is the reason why some people are timid. The person that shuts down and does not want to share their feelings with their partner. Threat to the relationship once again. So you see all these things that are coming at you, right? This is the reason why a lot of people don't want to get into a relationship. They'd rather date or sleep around. It's TMW for some people. Too much work. And it makes it much easier for them to adjust. Because they don't have to worry about being accountable. They don't have to worry about finding out whether their partner is. They just want it kind of free and loose. Some of your standards may be an issue. Some of your values may be an issue. Things that might have been acceptable in your single life, you may want them acceptable in your relational life. And that may not be the case. That person may look at you and say, oh, hell no, you're not doing that. Not not in this relationship with me. I see other women. I want to have some time to myself. Another common issue, relationship sabbaticals. Remember, I had a a podcast on that. Usually they last 90 days. When a person wants a year or two off, they literally want to be away from you. And of course, the suspicions rise. What if they're with someone else? But you should have a timeline and have expectations set as to what's the outcome when you guys get back. Are you going to stay together? What are you going to do? These are things you got to think through. A lot of times people get fatigued. And I know some of you ladies think that you know, the men cheat because, you know, they want some different sex. A lot of you ladies do the same thing. But you don't talk about it. Yes, there are women out there, fellas, where the woman goes out and gets her orange vest and get her shotgun and put her orange cap on with her camouf- put the camouflage underneath because she's going dick hunting. 
and dick be like a duck, whack, 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 and she'll go, shooting them like clay pigeons. But they never talk about that part of it. I remember the friend that I told you about that likes to constantly date married women, that's all he would date. What used to make him really like doing that was to hear the women tell him, he'd ask them, is my dick bigger than your husband's dick, baby? And she, oh, yes, yes. Stroked his ego, sent him to the roof. He was conquering somebody else's territory and then being complimented by the captor. This is the reason why a lot of people find it difficult for online dating. I don't want to have to go through all that. I don't want to have to meet all these people. I don't want to have to go through all this. But you'll go through it if you met somebody at work. You'll go through it if you met somebody at school. You go through if you met someone at church. What it comes down to is the magnitude, the number of people that you would probably have to deal with to find one decent one. And then sometimes what do we do? We hold out on that one person. We want that one person to work for us and to be the magic key to open up Pandora's box. We want that one person to be the catch-all and end-all, be the Walmart of love. And damn it, we were in the same proximity. We liked each other. We had sex. So therefore, I'm going to make it fit. I'm going to make us work. And the person's probably like, well, you're trying too hard. It's not going to work because I don't want it to work. But you're going to go and comport to yourself to make it work because you're going to love me no matter what. That's where you get in trouble. That's when you give away all the ammunition, you're loading the gun for that person to end the relationship. Because now it's gonna say, you're trying too hard. You're too desperate, you're too needy. Another common issue. That insecurity, mm, you gotta control it and manage it. Another common issue. Believe it or not, bigotry. We don't talk about that much, but it is. Some people feel as though, well, you know, I'm with this other minority. This minority is not in that group of minorities that I talk about. So it's okay for me to speak freely about that other minority. And that person that I'm with should be thankful that I'm not talking about their minority. You have some that actually behave that way. It depends. By the way, folks, I'm eating an organic Chiquita banana, and it's good. But this is what you deal with on the regular. But see, you don't think about some of the things I talk about on this show. You don't think about the complex situations you're dealing with at work or with family members or with friends you expend far more energy 
with that than you do for someone that you think about for a relationship. Now, you don't have to overthink the situation. Being in a relationship is pretty simple. The main thing you have to focus on, what do you want? What would you accept? How does it fit into your life goal, your agenda? What level of emotional maturity you're looking for? And what level of emotional maturity do you have? These are all questions you need to ask yourself. Because as soon as you can figure those questions out, it's easy for you to find somebody. But going out there in this nebulous cloud of foolishness, we'll see where it goes. <laughs> it doesn't have to go anywhere. You'll put yourself in a situation that you don't have to. And then you'll wind up being one of these people trying to force and fit this relationship to work. Whereas if you already had what you're looking for, your criteria, and then you approach it, it's much easier. Some of you will organize your closet before you organize your life. Oops. So you need to just step back, take a little time. Especially if those of you coming out of a very long and hurtful relationship. Don't try to go back in like you're in a damn boxing match. Take some time. Sit in the corner on the stool. Listen to your trainer, which is yourself. Think about a strategy. Don't just get up and just say, come on, I'm ready to go again. Because you haven't had a chance to really look at what role you played in the failure of the relationship and why you're taking on those burdens forward. It's not that hard. See, the easiest thing to do is to attract someone or be attracted to someone. The hardest thing to do is to develop that attraction into a relationship where it's mutually beneficial. That's the operative term. If it's not mutually beneficial, <laughs> you heard the saying, robbing Peter to pay Paul? Hmm. Sometimes Peter doesn't have any money, so what the fuck is Paul going to do? Wait. So, it's not as complex as you think it is. I'm giving you some of the tools to help you when it comes down to filtering out people online. But a lot of it comes down to what you want. I remember when I said people are emotionally unavailable out there on the dating scene? It's because they don't know what the hell they're looking for. They want a form of emotional relief, but they don't know what type. 
in some cases, some people have never seen a functioning relationship before. And actually, we start talking about toxicity. Sometimes that's the only thing they can find because that's the only thing they know and that's the only thing they look for. So you get with somebody that you're trauma bound with and you commiserate and you go through the feast of famine. That means fucking and fighting. Not accomplishing anything, but doing it just like you would do a slinky, going down the damn steps. Remember that toy? Slinky, slinky, the love of, what was it? The lovable, wonderful toy. Slinky, slinky, good for a girl and a boy. That's what you have. So, in essence, you have to define who you are. What's your purpose? Strengths and weaknesses and your intentions. That'll give you some direction as to where you need to go for for you. A lot of times, especially with you ladies, you think more of the man than you do of yourself. The man I want. What about the woman you want called yourself? And how would she fit into the life and the world of the man you want? But I know, just like with most people, we think we're all right. We think we're the ones that have got everything together. And so they got to find someone to measure up to their standards. Well, you might want to recheck your standards too, especially if you're striking out on these dates. There's no magic handshake. There's no reality show that's going to put you with someone that's ideal for you. Best thing you can do is go through the process, find someone decent, and have a happy life. It's not that hard. I've done it before. That's the reason why I'm so optimistic. But I also know from my travails in the past, I've had some damn good relationships along the way that made me a better man to make better choices in the partner that I choose. Hell, if I was just a run-of-the-mill everyday dude, Hell, I would have fucked all these women that send in all these emails and all these different photos and video clips of themselves that offer me to stay with them and offer them to come out here to Vegas and cohabitate or whatever. But I know better. My needs have changed. Now, if I was 21, 22, have dick, will travel. Maybe. But knowing what I know now, It's like you know what you're looking for. Ladies, to give you a context of this, haven't you ever bought an outfit and you wanted accessories to go with it and you had a problem to find the same color as the outfit or something that would complement it or pop? 
That's the way it is when I'm coming down to looking for a lady. See, I've had the quantity of women, the bulk of women. It was fun while it lasted, and I had some good relationships and some good learning experiences from it, as well as some bad ones. But again, I wouldn't trade what I've gone through for what I know now for anything in the world. Because I knew what it was like not to know what I know now back then. That gives me the incentive to share with others. Now, one thing that I want to also make abundantly clear as well. In relationships, the two of you are the people that will make it complex and difficult. Nobody else. And you both have an opportunity to be successful or to be a failure. That's a choice. That's not a destiny. Your destiny comes from the choice that you make or the decision you make. As I told you in the past, there's a difference between a decision and a choice. Usually a choice is what a person gives you and it's limited in scope. A decision comes from you with the options that you may have, either to alter the choice, not accept the choices, I'll create your own way. But only you can choose which is best for you or decide which is best for you. So if you're in an unhappy relationship, before you point your finger at your partner, you need to point it at yourself too. You're an accessory to the fact. In the commission of a fuck-up. I mean, relationship. <laughs> but that's what happens. As long as you're accountable to yourself and to your partner, there's a good possibility you can make it. Yes, the challenge is dealing with difficult people, dealing with different um, levels of toxicity, since that's the proper word now that everybody's using, and narcissism and that kind of thing. But what you also have to realize, too, is this. There should be more to that person than that involved in your life. But it also depends on what you bring to the table. I'm not talking about the bullshit monetary side. I'm talking about character and substance. Because if the only thing you have ladies to bring to the table is pussy and that's it, that ain't enough. And it won't be enough to keep a man at home either. Can't tell you how many friends I had. They go 
screw their wife after work, take a shower, get cleaned up, go to the club, and fuck another woman the same night. Then come back home and probably screw the wife again. It's got to be more than that. So please don't be mistaken and think that your pussy is the power of the world. It's not. As men, we already know. Dick power ain't shit. A woman will want our wallet before they want our penis. We realize that. As Tom Likas used to say, and I know some of you probably don't like him, a man gets the finest woman he can afford to maintain, and a woman gets the wealthiest man she can attract. That's the basic rule of attraction in a capitalist society. That's if you're basic. If you're not, you're thinking beyond that. How can this person compliment my happiness in life? Would I want to be with someone that I can endure things with and look at a positive outcome from it. Even though those times may be hard, things may be difficult. I'm going to read an email to you from Sheila out of Tustin, California. I'm 45 years old. My husband is 52. He recently got a back injury at work and it's affected our sexual habits immensely. I'm glad to hear you talk about things such as erectile dysfunction, something that I've had to face with and had to deal with recently. We're trying to work things out. I will admit one thing. I've never had oral sex like that before in my life. My husband has developed a talent that wouldn't quit. We're still going to stick with this, the two of us. I love him. I'm not going to cheat on him. I'm not going to be with another man. I chose him. And I take the responsibility fully of being his wife. It wasn't his fault that he got injured on the job. And dealing with the insurance company has been a nightmare. I do like your show. You give people like myself hope. I realize now I married the man and we're definitely running off of our friendship because if it was just a sexual relationship, we would have been divorced. I would have been gone. I don't feel guilty being with him. I actually feel honored. He told me I could leave him at any time because he thought he was all washed up. But it felt so good letting him know that I'd never give up on him because I knew he wouldn't do the same for me. He would never give up on me. Keep your show going, fella. And I'm going to try to find you a good Orange County girlfriend. A guy like you should not be single. Hugs and kisses. Sheila, Dustin, California. And I thank Sheila for that. Sheila, if you're listening, thank you. 
is a true test of your friendship. Because, yes, the sexual urge is still there for you, I'm sure. But you guys are working it out, but you got to look at it, Sheila. Oh, boy, you need some pussy now. In ways you never thought before. <laughs> so, never know. You never know. But the main thing is, he showed integrity. And there's not a thing in the world that that man wouldn't do for you, and you know it. Kudos to you. By the way, I sent you a link. I want to get you on the show so we can talk about how you're coping. We don't have to necessarily talk about his situation because I'm sure the legal matters are going on, but we could talk about how you're feeling and your sentiments. Well, folks, it's time for me to go because I got to go and eat a steak. Oh, yeah, Lucille's Steakhouse down there at um, Red Rock. I think I'm going to order one right about now, 12 ounces. Yeah, baby, with potato salad and baked beans and a big biscuit so I could do some serious farting. But that's all right. I want you folks to have a wonderful time. And I thank you once again for listening. Again, if you want to listen to my music, you can go to Spotify, type in J-A-U-S-A-N, click on the Artist tab. It will have the little blue dot beside it. And then you can go on and follow. Also, on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. And you can follow us there as well for the podcast and some of the articles I post, the updates and those kind of things. And we do clips from uh, TikTok that we'll put in there that are funny and informative. So, thank you once again, folks. And uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart every one of you for sharing the show with others because without you there's no show I thank you once again and you're all our leaders remember that and if you can share the link with someone so that they can listen in too take care personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. You may ask your friends to subscribe to Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth. Or you can leave us a message at Anchor.fm backslash Romantic Truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at RomanticTruthPodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. 
All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.